so I want to stay in that vein with healing. So I want to speak today on miracles of healing. Uh, I believe that today, someone here today is going to be healed, mind, body, and spirit. There is healing that needs to take place, whether it be in your mind, your body, or your spirit. It is not the will of God for you to be broken, dysfunctional, all right, whether it be in your mind, body, or spirit. Now, I have found, according to Scripture, listen to me now, you can be weak in your body, but strong in your spirit. Okay? If there's a choice, I want to be strong in my spirit and weak in my body. What good is it for your body to be strong, but you have no spiritual sense? Okay? Jesus, when he was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, he was weak in his body, but he was strong in his spirit. All right? That's proven in Scripture. The Bible says that he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. All right? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. If you read down and come down to verse about 14, 15, somewhere there, it says, and he returned in the power of the Lord. He returned with power. That means he went in with the Spirit, with power, and he came out with power. But he was weak in his body. All right? And, and, and many people say that's when Jesus was at his weakest point. Oh, no. That's when Jesus was at his strongest point. <laughs> he was at his weakest point in his flesh. Does that make sense, everyone? He was at the weakest point in his flesh, but his spirit was strong. You are at your weakest point when your spirit is weak. That's when you're at your weakest point. That's when you're in the danger zone right there. Amen? So we're going to speak today about miracles of healing. I believe God wants to do some, some great things here today. I believe the word of God is so powerful that it can transform any life. There is a power in God's word to make that which does not appear to appear. There is, someone say, executive power. That is important to note down right there, okay? There is executive power that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word is executive power. God's word is executive power. There is executive power that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I'll, I'll prove it to you in Bible. Here we go. Psalms chapter 107, verse number 20. Look what the Bible says. He sent his word and healed them. You see that? They were healed just based off of God speaking. He sent his word and healed them. He didn't come and touch them. They didn't come and touch him. He just said it's done, and it was done. His word has executive power. That's why when he spoke over the winds and the waves and the sea, that they were wondering and questioning what manner of man is this, that even the waves and the sea obey him. Why? Because his word has executive power. Please put that scripture right back up there, 107 verse 20. It says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. So God's word that goes forth can bring healing, mind, body, spirit, and also bring deliverance in your life. Amen. That's what his word can do. So do you think that his word, his sent word, has diminished its power? That is important to understand. That is a question that you must be able to answer today. 
do you think that his word, his sent word, has diminished its power? Jesus Christ can bring things to pass today just like he did any other time of old, even yesterday, last week, last month. It doesn't matter. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let me say this. Just because we do not see a miracle happening doesn't mean the Lord is not performing a miracle. We spoke about this on Monday night. I mentioned don't allow the culture, don't allow our culture to dictate what a miracle is. All right? Don't allow the culture to dictate what a miracle is. If God is performing and doing something in your life, you receive that in your life. And you praise him and worship him for that in your own life. Just because we don't see it, that doesn't mean he's not doing it. The Lord is performing miracles all the time. And it's happening all around us. And proof of that was on Monday when we had prayer and God performed great miracles. Someone say amen. amen. So let's look at two different examples. I want to go through two stories very quickly here to show us what God does, how he does it, and how we will miss it if we're not focused on Jesus. Go to book of John, chapter number 5. John, chapter number 5, we're going to start reading at verse number 1. Look what it says here. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude. That is important to understand. Highlight that, underline that. There is a great multitude of impotent folk, blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. The Bible says, and a certain man was there, which had an infirmity for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Now, I want us to notice something here in this story. Jesus heals a man having a conversation with him. The scripture says nothing about him whispering. The scripture says nothing about him taking this impotent man off to the side. The scripture says nothing about this being done in secret. But they were at a pool with five porches and the scripture says a great multitude was around. So there had to be people around seeing and watching this exchange. Whether they could hear the words or whether they could see it happen, someone had to be close enough. But Jesus only healed one person. Think about this. Great multitude. 
he's having a conversation with someone that's been like this for 38 years. How many other people around there that had been there for quite some time knew that this man had been there a long time? Oh, I guarantee you a lot of them did. So you mean to tell me that if Jesus is doing something in someone's life and the power and the moving of the Spirit is happening in a church service like it is here at SCC and you see God filling people with the Holy Ghost, you see God moving on people's life, healing people, and you mean to tell me you're not going to get close enough to say, Lord, if you can do it for them, I want you to do it for me? The Bible says a great multitude, but Jesus healed one person. The Bible doesn't say this was a quick exchange. Jesus ran off before anybody can say anything to him. There was an exchange here happening between this man and Jesus. And Jesus says, rise. As soon as he would have said rise, that would have got my attention. Who is he talking to? I want to see this happen. And as soon as he got up, I would have ran to Jesus. I would have got to him as fast as I could and said, can you do that for me? Can you come heal me too? How often in a church service do we take steps back, not moving when God is saying move, when you know the Spirit of God is moving? You can feel his presence. You know he's doing something great, but something is holding you back. And you don't even make a move to receive what belongs to you. Because Jesus is waiting to tell somebody, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. But yet, you mean we got the nerve to tell Jesus, not today. Woo. That's what we're telling him. I, I got you next week. Write me an IOU. <laughs> Write me an IOU. I I'll be back next Sunday. Church, there's no guarantee that we will even be here this Sunday. You know tomorrow's not promised to us? Tomorrow is not promised to us. How many IOUs have we wrote the Lord saying, oh, maybe next time? When the Lord is saying, I'm just looking for somebody with faith that will believe in me. Because when I'm telling somebody to rise, take up your bed and walk, I'm looking for somebody else that will receive that and say that it can happen for you too. It can happen for you. It can happen for your family. Notice we opened up this, this lesson today saying that God sent the word. That means if there's something happening in my family, there's something happening with my loved ones that are not even in the house of the Lord, I can say, Lord, if you're touching them, God touched my grandfather. God touched my mother. God touched my father. They may not be here in the house of the Lord, but your word, your sent word can do it. Amen? Now, now, let's shift gears, okay? Follow me. Shift gears. Let's use our imagination. Mine's get, mine gets wild now. Stay with me. I wonder how many people were sitting at this pool of Bethesda, five porches, staring at the water. While Jesus is over here performing miracles. They're just staring at that water. Shh, shh, Jesus, be quiet. I don't want to miss my moment. I told y'all, stay with me. My, I can, my imagination will keep going. Shh, 
big, what you big, you've been there for 38 years. Ain't nothing happening with you. I'm going to miss my moment. When they were missing their moment. There was no need for the moving of the waters anymore. The one that moved the waters was in their midst. Oh, church, 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 do you hear me? Do you hear me tonight? The one that moved the waters was there. The one that caused it to happen was in their midst. Hallelujah. How often do we miss Jesus because we're staring at the natural? We're staring at something that we shouldn't even be paying attention to when Jesus is right here. He's right there. But we got our eyes fixated on what we think. This is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to take place. This is how it's going to be done when Jesus is saying, but I'm right here. If you just give me a little bit of attention, I'm right here. The Bible says a great multitude, but one person, one person, one person walked out of that place. Why? Because their eyes were focused on the natural, waiting on the Lord to do what he's always done before. When Jesus is saying, I'm ready to do a new thing. I want to tell somebody in here today, I'm telling you, church, God's looking for somebody that's ready for a new thing. He's looking for a people that's ready for a new thing. He's looking for somebody that's not stuck in a box, stuck in the old, stuck in some way. Mm, my God. But looking for somebody that's saying, Lord, whatever you choose to do, I'm ready. However you want me to go, I'm ready. Whatever direction you want to take me in, I'm ready. Because God wants to do a new thing in somebody's life. But you can't have your eyes fixed on the pool when Jesus is right over here healing, telling someone to rise, take up your bed, and walk. So I, 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 I want us to, to understand this here because the question remains and it will continue to remain. Do you believe that healing is available for you? You must answer that question today. You must answer it. Regardless if you're healed today or not, do you believe that healing is available for you? Mind, body, soul, mind, body, and spirit, do you believe? Wherever you need God to touch you today, do you believe it? You have to be able to answer that. You must believe it. Because... It could have easily, the story could have easily went another way. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Ha! Man, I've been here for 38 years. <laughs> what do you mean get up? I, I can't get up. That's why I need some help getting to the pool. If I could have just stood up, I would have did that 38 years ago. Are y'all still with me? The imagination's still there? Praise God. I don't know why God called me to preach, but I guess this is why. My imagination. Ha! Huh? Get up. No, y'all need to understand this. He didn't know who Jesus was. Oh, man. He didn't know who Jesus was. He didn't have revelation. Just in that moment, he had faith. 
to say this man has to be someone, something. See, sometimes you can walk into an apostolic Pentecostal church and sometimes you may not understand everything, but there's something that you feel. There's something that is happening here. I may not understand it, but if I just respond to what I feel, God will perform the miracle. You don't have to understand everything. How many have seen that? People can walk into this church. They don't even fully understand, but they feel something different. That's why we pray. That's why pre-service prayer is so important. That's why family prayer is so important. That's why prayer in your home is so important. We have to saturate this place with prayer that when people walk into the building, they feel something different. This is not like any other place, not like any other church building, but no, it's saturated with prayer. Saturated with the anointing of God. I'm talking about the moment they hit the parking lot, they step in this church like, whoo. Uh-uh. There's something different here. There's something different here. Didn't even know Jesus. He just responded by faith. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. One more example. Do we remember the story of the Syrophoenician woman? Let's go to Mark then, chapter number 7. Let's read this. One more example here. Mark chapter number 7, starting at verse number 25. The Syrophoenician woman, this is good. Some of you may not know this story, so we're, we're going to walk through this together. But this woman wanted a devil cast out of her daughter. So the Bible says, starting at verse 25, it says, For a certain woman, I, I'm going to teach on that one of these, one of these uh, Wednesdays, when the scripture uses the word certain. There's a whole study on that. A certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit. She, what, look, she heard of him. She just heard about him and came and fell at his feet. I heard what this man is able to do. I don't know him, but I've heard of him. So she came and worshipped him. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. It's important to understand that. This woman was a Greek so she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, let the children first be filled. For it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it unto the dogs. Whew. Such a nice Jesus. I don't know if I can use that same phrasing today. We must remember something that Jesus was speaking here to a Greek. And the things of God were for the Jew first. Jesus was not only placing the woman in her place, he was also confirming what the Jews around him felt about themselves. That the Messiah was for them and them only. Jesus wasn't necessarily disagreeing with that the Messiah was for them, but soon he would call them and help them to understand it was for you first for you to set the example to the rest of the world, right? Now, I'm going to venture off. Stay with me. We'll come back. 
Remember in Luke chapter number 24, you can start at verse number 45 where he opens up their understanding. He's giving them understanding of the scripture. And then he lets them know in verse number 47, I believe. You can fact check me if you can put that up. Thank you. In that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. I'm for everybody, but it's going to start where? With the Jews first. First, I'm going to start in Jerusalem. That's where it's going to start. It's going to start right there. So if you want to know how this gospel is supposed to be preached, you must find out what happened in Jerusalem first. So it's the same scenario here dealing with the Syrophoenician woman. I'm not here for you right now. The bread that I have, give us this day our daily bread. The bread that I have is for my people first, the Jews first. It's not for you. Calls her a dog. Now, let's continue on here. Look at what it says here. The power of this verse is, is that even though Jesus was referring to the Jew, today we are considered all children of God. Today we're considered all children. This is what separates our gospel, our God, from every other. Before we continue on, please, let's go to Galatians chapter number 3. You don't have to go there in your Bible. If you, if you can flip there quickly, you can. But I want to start at verse number 26. It says, for ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Listen to this now. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. It's important to understand that, that you cannot have Christ on you unless you've been baptized in him. So if you've never been baptized in Christ, you cannot have Christ on you. So therefore, let's take it a step further. You cannot consider yourself a Christian unless you've been baptized in him. Because you don't have him on unless you've been baptized in. I know that's not going to get a whole lot of amens, but that's Bible. You cannot call yourself a Christian unless you've been baptized in Christ. The Bible says it. For as many of you that have been baptized into Christ, those are the ones that have put on Christ. So in order for you to be a Christian, you must be baptized in him. Amen? So the scripture goes on to say, therefore, or excuse me, there is, verse number 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all, how many? One. How? In Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then you, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. I'm thankful for the promise of the Lord. I'm thankful for the promise of the Lord. Now it doesn't matter who you are. That's why I love this church. That's why I say this church will set the example for the world to see. Amen. Amen. We're, 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 we're not a white church, black church, yellow church, green church, blue church, whatever color church. No, we're God's church. This is the house of the Lord. Amen. Can I take a little further? We're not a rich church, poor church, educated church, uneducated church, city church, hillbilly church, country folk, farm church. Hey, but we got all y'all in here, praise God. Uh oh, babe, grab your purse. Time to go. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> I said the wrong thing tonight. I was going good. We're God's church. 
We're God's people. Amen. And I love it that we can come from all walks of life. All walks of life. Different people. Right? People that drive tractors, you'll never see me on a tractor. Amen. Unless I'm taking a picture. And then I'm getting down. Praise God. Amen. But we're God's people. And that's what brings us together as one. Uh-uh. We shouldn't be bickering about this and the uh-uh. No, we stand on God's word. We love Jesus. You love him? I love him. Praise God. We can get along. We can get along. You love him? I love him. We can get along. That's right. You may not spend it out over my house. But we can get along. It's so true. Too many children of God. Can, can, I, can I just dig here a little bit? There's too many churches that are divided over the dumbest stuff. Dumb. Pe- people not sitting with this person. It's ridiculous. Scripture says, Scripture says in verse number 28, that there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, male, female, doesn't matter. We're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all one. So now let's continue on with the Syrophoenician woman. Verse number 28, please. It says, and she answered and said unto him, yes, Lord, I know what I am. I realize my position. I realize that I'm a Greek. I know that I'm considered a dog in the eyes of the Jews. I know I'm considered less in the eyes of the Jews, which which was not godly. I know I'm considered less. Yes, Lord, I understand my position. Yet the dogs, but the dogs... Even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And Jesus said unto her, for this saying, because you said that his executive power, hallelujah, his executive power went forth. Go your way. The devil is gone out of your daughter. Now, I want us to understand something here. This woman did not know him, just heard of him. Was willing to belittle herself for the sake of her daughter. Didn't even have to come to her house. All she needed was a word that said she's healed. And she said, that's all I need. I'm going back home to my healed daughter. Hallelujah. That's powerful. Someone that wasn't even connected to him on a day-to-day basis. Just heard about him. I'm telling you, there's a revival coming of people that heard about Jesus. There's a revival of people that are coming that heard about the miracles, signs, and wonders. There's a revival of people that are hearing about the changed lives that are happening at SCC. There is a revival that is here in Tippecanoe County. I'm telling you, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I heard, I heard, I heard, I heard what happens. I heard what takes place. I heard what's going on there. They came, worshipped, and said, but even they get the the crumbs. They get the crumbs. And it's the same ingredients. It's the same ingredients in those crumbs that's in that whole loaf. I'm not trying to follow you everywhere and get the whole loaf like your disciples. I just want some crumbs. I got a need in my life. Is there anybody here willing to crawl under the table, willing to get on your knees, willing to do whatever you need to do to receive what belongs to you? 
we must be willing. Hallelujah. And how many, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. How many second, third, fourth generation Christians are ignoring, ignoring crumbs? Ignoring what belongs to you, not even receiving what belongs to you because you have people that are desperate, that know nothing about this holy way, but they're coming in getting the crumbs. They're getting crumbs, going home blessed. Getting crumbs, going home healed. Getting crumbs, going home delivered. And we got third, fourth generation Christian apostolics still bound by the same spirit they've been bound with for years. That's a lie from the devil. That's not the will of God. It's not the will of God when the whole loaf is available for you. But when you can't get the loaf, go after those crumbs. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I feel his spirit, church. I feel his spirit. I, feel it. I said I feel his spirit. When you can't receive the loaf, you better not ignore those crumbs. You better not walk past those crumbs. You better not walk past what God is doing for you. Because oftentimes, God will leave breadcrumbs because you're not ready for the loaf. Amen? And we'll walk right on. He's just kicking the crumbs. Where's the loaf? Where's the loaf at? Jesus said, you'll never get there because you're walking right past the little things I'm trying to do for you. You're walking right by this. Or, or we don't give him glory for the little things that he's doing. Because sometimes we can pick them up and we complain that we got to bend over and pick them up. Instead of picking them up saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when, when I, I remember as a younger man, Brother Carson used to always walk with his head down. I say, Brother Carson, pick your head up. You're a man of God. You know, I didn't say that to him, but, <laughs> but, 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 uh, but uh, it was in my, it was in my head. Yeah, it was in my head. And, 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 but I asked him. I said, Why are you always walking around? He said, Oh man, you find all kind of dimes and nickels and pennies. I said, My here, if you need a dollar, brother, here. My goodness. <laughs> But you know what I find myself doing now? I'm walking like this. <laughs> I got four kids, praise God. I need every dime and nickel. Where they at? <laughs> I'm looking for them crumbs. I'll take them crumbs. You can pass them up if you want to. Shoot, I'll take them. Because one day God's going to give me a loaf. Hallelujah. One day God's going to give me more than enough. One day God's going to bless me with more. Because I'm not ashamed to pick up the crumbs. Oh, I feel God's spirit. Let's stand to our feet for a moment. Uh, come on, let's magnify the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, lift your hands and lift your voice right now. Come on, come on, come on. Let's take a moment. Come on, let's take a moment. Lift our hands and lift our voice. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. 
Come on. I feel his executive power. His executive power. His word is going forth. Deliverance is for me. Healing is for me. Salvation is for me. In the name of Jesus, it's for me. It's for my family. It's for my children and my children's children. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I want faith, faith, faith. Speak faith in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You must walk out of here believing, though, that it's for you. That's the key, all right? Whatever you need, whatever you desire, if you walk out of here saying, huh, it's going to skip right over you. Somebody else is going to pick up that crumb, though. You better believe the Bible says his word does not return void. Somebody else go get that crumb. It's not the will of God for you all in here to miss what belongs to you. It's not. It's for you. It's for your family. It's for your children. Ha! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Believe it. I know it's Wednesday night, but I, we need faith. We need faith in here. We need a Sunday night faith in here. We need a Sunday evening faith atmosphere in here. In the name of Jesus. I know it's a Wednesday night. I know you've been having a long week. I know you're tired in your body. But I don't need you to be strong in your body. I need you to be strong in your spirit right now. I need your spirit to be strong. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It's for me. Listen to this now. If you would, please. My last point. Psalms, give me the scripture in Psalms here, okay? Oftentimes, we talk about when, when God brought his people out of Egypt, that they didn't come empty-handed. But they brought, they took out the silver and the gold and they took all that stuff with them, right? We, we talk about that a lot. But that's not the end of the story. We, we, we stop. And see, sometimes we do that. We stop when God's saying, there's more for you. There's a continuation for you. I want to bless you more. And you stopped. Scripture says, he brought them forth also with silver and gold. Uh-oh, there's a semicolon, though. And there was not one, not one. And they didn't come out of there just 25 and under. Not one feeble person among their tribes. It's the will of God. It's the will of God for you to be healed, mind, body, and spirit. Let's lift our hands unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus.